evening, everybody. Welcome to season two, episode one of the Small Talk podcast here in 2024 on this Monday, January 15th, 2024. Hard to believe January is already half over. And I'm looking forward to uh, a new season of the Small Talk podcast. And I'm going to bring on our new co-host. And she's a friend of mine. And uh, I met her on Line three years ago, and she's a producer, writer, director, creator, executive, consultant, and micro-influencer, which I'm going to ask her about uh, that as well. Her name is Marlene Sharp. Hello. Good evening, Marlene. How are you? Good evening, Chris. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing well on this Monday, January 15th, and I was just saying half of January is already done. Yes, it is. And um, my dog might have something to say about that. So if you hear some noises, just know that she's she's very vocal and she likes to comment. So <laughs> yes. how old is Blanche now? How long how old is she now? She's 15. She turned wow. 15 at the end of December. But um yeah, she she's my golden girl, but don't let that fool you. She hasn't slowed down at all. And um she she is aware that ageism is a thing, so she doesn't like to tell people her age, but this is a special circumstance because these are our treasured listeners of the new the new small talk podcast. And she's a Absolutely. she's a part of that too, because we're a package deal. Yeah, and I, I've known you for three years. You did come on my show before, but I think mm -hmm. it was before I used StreamYard. So I cause I went through all my uh previous 354 episodes and I couldn't find you. So I'm wondering if I had you on before I, I joined StreamYard. It's possible. I think we met because of Grace Fraga. Grace is a friend of mine and uh, I've been friends with Grace for a, a long, long time. And I, I, I think it was during the pandemic. It was early, early days for your show too, I believe. So, yes. um, yeah, 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 but but it's possible. I don't remember if it was StreamYard or Zoom or some other some other way that we recorded. Absolutely. Hey, uh, we were supposed to have a guest tonight, Jennifer McDavitt, uh, actress, writer, educator, and a founder of owner of thepaintandpress.com and a friend of yours. Um, unfortunately, she couldn't make it tonight, so me and uh, Marlene are going to try to get her to come back on in February for our second episode, fingers crossed. And I heard uh, Blanche barking. She want a treat? <laughs> want a treat? Um, she always wants something. Yes. Oh, you know what she said? <clears throat> it's Peyton McDavid. <laughs> That's what McDavid. she was saying. Okay. <laughs> Peyton, Peyton uh, is is a, a colleague of mine, and, um, and so Blanche is familiar with her as well. So she she did have unfortunately have an issue today that she couldn't overcome but hopefully next month we can get her on the show but today we're 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 doing it ourselves because the show must go on absolutely and uh, how did you uh end up meeting Peyton anyways the story behind meeting her oh yeah so um Peyton and I both work with a company called Neko Productions yes it's an animation company that um I've been collaborating with for probably on and off for seven years. So I used to work at Sega. I was um, a producer of TV, film, and social media content at Sega in Burbank, California. That's where I am coming at you from Hollywood. And um, so 
I had hired Neko to do some animation for a project called Sonic Mania Adventures. And then I actually left Sega in the middle of that process and went to another video game company called Level 5. And then I hired Neko to work with me there on another project. And then just stayed in touch with them through the years and came on board as a consulting producer for Neko last summer. And in the when Neko hired me as a consultant, they were working on a graphic novel called 101 Reasons Why. And um, so Neko does work for hire animation. So like a company like Sega can hire Neko to do contract work on their uh, IPs, their projects. And also Neko creates its own intellectual properties and puts them out there into the world. So 101 Reasons Why is Neko's first foray into graphic novels. And so they assemble the whole team to do the art for this project. And um, Peyton was hired as the story editor, contributing writer. Um, she worked with the gentleman who created the project. His name is Afir Lobel. And so um, Afir, the, so the idea for the book came from Afir's head. And then um, Lyrit Rosenzweig Topaz, who's the owner of Neko Productions, hired Peyton to come on board and help Afir with the writing. So I've done a lot of promotion for the book. We also, we did a Kickstarter campaign to promote it. It's all a very grassroots type of thing. It's a, a kid's graphic novel in the same spirit as Diary of a Wimpy Kid or Captain Underpants or Dogman. And so to build the community, we, we did a Kickstarter campaign. And so Peyton and I both contributed a lot to, to the Kickstarter. So we had to create a lot of content just to get people excited about donating money to our Kickstarter. So it's, it's a lot, it was a lot of work. And uh, Peyton had, wor had actually worked on it before I did because she, she was involved from the very beginning um, as a as a collaborator with Ophir Lobel and Lyrit Rosenzweig Topaz. But yeah, so we, the, the book was published under a publishing company started by Neko Productions. It's called B&R Publishing. And it's, it's a, a self-publishing entity. So there's a lot of promotion that goes into that. It's not like we have a big, famous publisher like Random House or, I don't know, Harbor Collins that's just sweeping in and taking care of all the marketing and selling the books. We're doing it all ourselves. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, so yeah, um, various other folks from NECO, as well as Peyton and myself, we've appeared on podcasts and panels and all kinds of things just to get the word out there. And uh, so that's how I know Peyton. I wanted to talk to her about her name because when I think of the name Peyton, I think of Peyton Manning, the football player. Plus, oh, she's yeah. from plus she's from Boston, and uh, she went to Harvard University, and she was a field hockey player. I wanted to ask her, besides field hockey, if she was a Patriots fan, Tom Brady fan, and all that <laughs> as well. Well, 
I'm sure she has plenty to say about that. And uh, yeah. this will be somewhat of a cliffhanger for her actual appearance Episode on the two. show. <laughs> yes, people will, will, yeah, the continuation of of the 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 Peyton McDavid story. But yeah, she does have a fascinating background because she's super brainy and she's also a, an amazing entrepreneur and she has a wonderful sense of humor. She has like all these all these different talents and uh qualities bundled up in in into her um amazing package cuz she's she's beautiful too. So I think she'll be a really compelling interview subject for us next one. I want to ask you, um, what was the time frame like with the book? And also, people who are watching or listening to this episode right now, where can they purchase your book? Yeah, so uh, the book, once again, it's called 101 Reasons Why. And it's it's meant to be a series of graphic novels. So this one that's available for purchase is the first in the series. And it's 101 Reasons Why I Lost My Homework. And it, the, the premise is that it's a, a, a boy who makes up excuses for why he can't do certain heinous tasks that his parents or teachers or other authority figures assign to him. So the I'm series guilty. will... <laughs> yes, we we. It seems highly relatable. I think. Yeah. I think people, uh, whether they admit to it or not, uh, are prone to giving excuses at some point in their life, if not every day. And, and for example, like when Blanche, when Blanche barks, I have to make up excuses for why she's doing that and why I why she is not trained um, otherwise. And uh, I could I could entertain you with all those excuses right now, but in the effort of in in, in the interest of saving time, I will not. And I'll cross my fingers that she <laughs> stops. But um, anyway, the book the the first book in the series, 101 Reasons Why I Lost My Homework, is available on Amazon.com, and there are several authors. So so Afir Lobel is is the main one because he created it. And then Peyton McDavid is, um, a, uh, I guess you could say, a sub sub creator or cr contributor. And then also Lyric Rosenzweig Topaz. And then we have about three or four artists um, who are credited. But there were a lot of people who contributed. So it 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 took a village actually to get this project done. And I came to it late in the day. The book was in development as actually a TV series. It was, it was in development. Gosh, they started working on it during COVID. And um, so quick, quick backstory, Lyrit and Ophir know each other for a long time. They used to work on a live action sketch comedy series together. And Ophir is a big star in Israel. And that's, that's where Lyrit's from too. And so they had worked together on this show called Our Good Country, which is, I think that's what it was. Hmm. Now that I think about it, it might have been a different show. But it was definitely a sketch comedy show based in Israel. And um, Lyrit ended up moving to the States. Afir is back in Israel. And so Afir pitched this idea to Lyrit 
because Lyrit's an expert in animation, he said, oh, I think this, this idea would make a good animated series. <clears throat> but it's really hard to sell animated series to networks and studios these days. Everyone in Hollywood is very risk averse. There are a lot of layoffs happening. Um, it started with Netflix and Disney, and then it goes trickles down from there. So like when the big guys start saying they don't have money to do anything, um, everybody else piles on. So Lyrit, being a very forward thinking businesswoman thought, well, let's release it first as a graphic novel because that's something she had always wanted to do. And that will establish the intellectual property in the marketplace. And then we can build community around it and, and build excitement and we can grow the brand on our, our own. And then when it's reached a certain threshold of, of notoriety, then we can turn around and try to sell it as this established property to the networks and studios and get them to fund a TV series. So, so that's what she did. But it, it takes a whole lot of, of effort just to, you know, put, assemble the team um, because there's a lot of art that goes into a middle grade. It's, it's intended for middle grade readers. Um, and so uh, there's a lot of art that goes into that to appeal to 10 to 12 year old kids. And, um, and then everything has to be formatted just so to, in order to fit into the, the specs that Amazon will accept for, um, for their self-publishing platform. And then we also, um, we also publish, so we publish through Amazon as well as another service that's available in the States called Ingram Spark. And um, there's just a lot of hoops to jump through, <laughs> a, a lot of stuff. Plus that that's just the physical, you know, putting it out there and making it available. That's, that doesn't, um, that doesn't include all the marketing because people won't know that it's there if you don't t tell them. So, so yeah, so I think um, just working out the story probably took several months and then the development of the visual style as well as, you know, sketching out all the, all the pictures and then coloring them. And then um, we had a lot of technical things to work out starting in the summertime we brought on a publishing consultant, John Shableski, who's helped us a lot because he knows he knows about getting books into schools and libraries and um, and also what it takes to to be self-published through Ingram Spark. I mean, it's 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 a whole it's it's like uh, getting a Ph.D. In, in publishing all the things you need to know. And um, now that's not to say everybody who self-publishes does all this, but we wanted to leer it anyway wanted to give it give the book the best chance of being seen and recognized and um marketable and also if a bigger publisher wants to pick it up and and take take on some of the the risk of marketing and distribution and so forth that we're we're open to that possibility too but you know we wanted to put our best foot forward. So there was a lot of effort that went into the ramp up. So I would say like long answer to your question, it was probably like two years, at least wow. two years in development. Crazy. Yeah. 
Wow. Are you guys going to try to get it available in Canada as well? I think you can buy it on, I think through Amazon, you could buy it. It, it should be okay. available because I'll, Amazon.ca, um, Amazon.ca here. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's, I'll check it's, it. Yeah. It's available. Um, I know it's available on Amazon in Japan because okay. I saw it there myself. So I'm thinking okay. if it's available there, it must it be available in Canada. Yeah. I will check <laughs> I it hope. out. I will, I will check it out. I, I, I don't want you to spoil the book, by the way. I should buy the book and support it too. But one thing I wanted to ask you uh, about the book, what are the, what's the, one of the biggest excuses kids use for homework? I know growing up in the 70s and 80s, <laughs> my biggest excuse was my dog ate my homework. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we didn't, uh, I'll tell you, we didn't do any focus groups or any legit research on what, this is a very fanciful, fantastical story about a boy who's good at making up stories, but not necessarily realistic stories, because this, this came from Ophir Lobel's brain, and it's based on him as a little kid, and he he was very good at telling stories and that eventually became his livelihood and he would get out of all kinds of scrapes, but not because he told realistic <laughs> excuses. It was, it was because he told entertaining excuses. So the, the, the moral of this, if there is a moral, it's, it's mostly entertainment, but the, the, the main takeaway is that if you entertain people, they will forgive you all kinds of transgressions as long as you keep them laughing. So, um, but that being said, I, um, I'm doing a companion series to the book. I'm doing a, an interview series on medium.com. And so I'm interviewing people about excuses that they've used in their life and you know how outrageous or how not outrageous, you know, just what their yeah. technique is. And the best one that I've heard so far is not, it's not even an excuse, but, but I found out that my friend had an alibi business when she was in college and she and a, another friend of hers would actually charge people money to come up with excuses for them for all kinds of things. And they would actually serve as the, uh, the front for for all these lies, I guess you could say. So, like, if somebody said, um, uh, like, let's say somebody called up work and said, "Oh, I can't, I can't go to work today because I'm sick," um, and then the HR or the boss would say, "Oh, well, you need, we need a doctor's verification." Well, then my friend's alibi business would like, you know, write out like a doctor's note, or or they would verify by phone. You know, they would they would play the doctor on the phone or whatever, whatever was needed to really sell that excuse. And um, my, my friend made money and did it for several years. I think she might've even done it a little bit after, after college too. So um, that was pretty hilarious to me because I, I didn't know I was signing up for her story about a whole business based on excuses. I thought I was just, you know, asking her, she was she was my test subject for this companion interview series, and it it, it turned out to be a really great interview because I mean, who's ever heard of an alibi service? It's crazy, right? So <laughs> yeah, I thought that yeah. was that was pretty good. And Marlene, since I got you on here for a little bit longer, um, what are some other projects you're currently working on, and what does Nicole 
stand for, the reason behind it. I just wanted you to to let our audience know. Oh yeah. Well, um, well, I guess we could start start with uh, Neko since we're talking about the book and and what they do. So Neko N E K O actually means cat in Japanese. And I did not so, know that. Yeah, yeah, that. it's a Jap Japanese word for cat. And Lyrit, the founder and executive producer, she loves cats. And she had a cat, a, a black, a pet black cat, who she named Neko. And Neko was her muse when she started the business, much like Blanche is the muse for Pink Boodle Productions, which is my company. <laughs> and so, uh, so Neko Productions was Lyrit's cat. And sadly, the cat has passed on, but the, the name lives. And um, Lyrit actually has another business underneath. So Neko is the parent company. She also has BNR Publishing, which she just started for the graphic novels. And then she also has Frame by Frame Animation, which is an online animation school. And so she has folks who are professional animators in the studios like Disney and DreamWorks and Sony and Warner Brothers because we're here in LA and we we have access to those kinds of folks plus Lyrid's husband is a director at DreamWorks and so they teach online classes for people who want to learn animation either for fun or to use it professionally and um so she started I think Gosh, we should probably have Lyrid on as a guest at some okay. point in time. <laughs> but uh, okay. I believe she started the school, either the school and the studio started simultaneously, or the school maybe started a little bit before the studio. But it was right around the same time. But um, but yeah, so her husband's day-to-day -day job is going to the DreamWorks campus in Glendale and directing and animating for the feature films there. And then Lyrit, her headquarters for Neko is set up in Sherman Oaks, which is pretty pretty close to that. And, um, but Lyrit is really uh, dedicated to doing a lot with remote teams, like even before the pandemic and, and, and all of her teaching has been online since 2012 um, and, and social hire folks here locally, but then the school offers classes in different languages so that people in other countries can learn from people who work in the studios here. So it's kind of like bringing the studio system to the rest of the world. So um, yeah, she does a lot of um, animation for hire, uh, games and apps, um, TV series, commercials, films, all, all kinds of different things. She also, um, there, there are also live action capabilities there because she comes from a live action background from when she lived in Israel. And, um, and then there's the frame by frame animation school. So that's, uh, that's Neko and frame by frame. And then what was your other question? Oh, what else am I working on? Yeah, right? what other projects are you working on? Yes. Yes, yes, because uh, working for Neko is only one one little bucket of things that I do. But um, I have a lot of things going on with the autism community here in Los Angeles. 
I work with another animation studio called Brainstorm Productions that is attached to a training program called CLU Transitions. And so it's for adults on the autism, uh, on the autism spectrum. They go into the program that, so the requirements are you need to have the diagnosis and be, um, be on the spectrum, but also be a high school graduate. So if you get accepted into the program, it's a three-year training program. And then <clears throat> when a student graduates from there, they move into Brainstorm Productions, which is the professional studio that does a combination of service work in animation, as well as creating original projects. And so I, I bring in commissioned projects to them and mentor them through um, original projects and bring in guest speakers and we do partnerships and collaborations and so forth. And then through that association that's been, I've been doing that work for a little over three years now, or actually almost four years now, wow. Um, I became involved with the first ever Autism in Entertainment Conference, which is happening in Los Angeles on April 5th at the Skirball Center in, in Bel Air. And um, so my students at uh, CLU Transitions and Brainstorm, they will be involved, but this is a really great opportunity for the entertainment community in, in Los Angeles to come together and talk about opportunities for folks on the spectrum and to unite potential employers with creative thinkers who, who don't fit into that neurotypical um, label. They're, they're, they're neurodivergent. And, um, and so it's about creating opportunities for, for them, making a more inclusive workplace. And so, yeah, so I, a lot of, lot of, a lot of things going on with the autism and entertainment conference because it's, it's coming up so quickly <laughs> and it's the first ever. So there's not really a, a template to follow. We're making it up as we go along. So, um, is yeah. there a website you'd like to promote on here? Uh, for autism and entertainment, it, it's just autism and entertainment.org.org. And then um, with Brainstorm Productions, oh gosh, we've changed the, the URL for the website. So um, I, it's either, I think it's a .org. I think it's, you know what? I might have to, uh, <laughs> I might have to put a bookmark there and revisit that. But if you, if you just Google like Brainstorm Productions Los Angeles, um, autism or something like to <laughs> put those words in there. Cause there, there is more than one brainstorm productions and we're the only one that has the autism focus, but, uh, there are a lot of articles about us in animation magazine and, um, um, different an uh, animation world network and, and, um, different places. We've had some press coverage, so you can, you can find us that way. Okay. Marlene, do you have time for a couple more minutes? I just wanted to show a, a two-minute video clip that you did an interview on. Uh, I was on the YouTube channel. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh-oh. It's like two minutes. I wonder minutes. what this is. Okay, go uh, for it. <laughs> nothing bad. Nothing bad. It's nothing bad. I found it on YouTube. It's from a Take a Leap in Transformation. 
Um, oh, yeah. I, believe, I remember yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, this was from uh, March 8th, 2022. Um, so it's about a two-minute clip. Yes, please. Named Ginny Erksleben, who has many graduate degrees in special education. She is an expert in child development and special ed for children on the autism spectrum. And Ginny started the Center for Learning, excuse me, the Center for Learning Unlimited um, in 2002. So the school is actually celebrating its 20th anniversary this year. And um, about five years ago, she decided to implement uh, an extra program. So the, the school catered toward kids in K through 12. It was a it, it's a, and it still is a day school um, exclusively for children on the autism spectrum. But she she noticed a few things in her time working with this population in that one, a lot of them were very good at art and they would spend time in class and at home and then bring in artwork. Uh, so there, there was a talent that, that recurred in the student population. But then she also found that once they graduated from the school, they didn't have the opportunities that would fit this artistic skill set or, or really any skill set to tell you the truth. They, um, they would be placed by the Department of Rehab into jobs such as grocery store workers and um, a lot of a lot of retail jobs that were ma manual labor and so they weren't able to to use any of their skills so all right that clip was courtesy of joseph uh, Mud, Mud, i think it was at muscat muscat yes yes that, that, in malta just, he's okay. he, he's interviewing me from malta i was here in los angeles and he was all the way on the other side of the world See, this technology is amazing. I've had guests on from Australia, Switzerland, obviously your country, my country, and a couple <laughs> others. It's just amazing. And uh, I just thought that video clip kind of worked out with what you're uh, bringing up there as well. Yes, yes, that was a perfect, perfect segue. And it, it really was complimentary to the discussion. I think I've improved a lot in the last three years because, like I said, I just try to get better and better. And uh, I'm just excited to do a season two and have my new co-host with you as well, uh, Marlene. And I was going to say thank you for coming on tonight. And we will have Peyton. Uh, fingers crossed we'll figure it out in February. <laughs> this will be a once a month show. It can be entertainment, a uh, new show or whatever uh, you want to do. And uh, we'll, we can rotate guests. And uh, I just really glad to have you on here before i let you go for those who are watching on live stream by the way we're live streamed on facebook on my facebook page the small talk facebook page uh linkedin youtube twitch uh twitter slash x and also on instagram uh for those that are watching live stream or audio later on and they're interested in getting into a career into emanation uh, i should have pronounced it better what would advice would you give them I would say, well, I have the, the, the advice that I have, I think applies to pretty much any profession, but especially some part of the entertainment business. 
One is to keep your mind open to all kinds of opportunities. So you must never discount anything too, there's nothing too small. Um, to, and you can even make contacts in the grocery store or just walking your dog outside that which is now in LA, it's a little bit more feasible because you just need to like, you know, open your door and there's screenwriters and actors all around you. But there are there are opportunities right in your backyard wherever you are and um relationships are very important so so keep keep an open mind and and be nice to everybody and you'd be surprised how far those two things could take you in any career it really absolutely and uh I was going to say, where can people follow you on social media, your website, and also when your next podcast show is going to be available and where people can find it? I might not have all of those answers, Chris, but oh. I will I will try. Let's see. Uh, well, my website, pinkpoodleproductions.com. That's easy. I'm not really sure when my next podcast is, uh, appearance is coming out. I do appear on a lot of podcast mostly because of the sonic the hedgehog connection people seem to never get tired of hearing about that uh but i have a few that i've recorded and the hosts haven't updated me as to when they're coming out so um stay tuned it, the in, info is forthcoming and uh let's see what else did you want to know i'm sorry i've already forgot <laughs> no just where people could find you on social media oh. and stuff. Yeah. So I'm most active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is my jam. So okay. yeah, that's the best one, but I'm also on, I'm on, I'm on all the user usual suspects, uh, Facebook and, um, Instagram and X and whatever. But, uh, but yeah, if you really want to catch my attention, LinkedIn is the place to go. Okay. And we do have an email address. I will give you the password for it too. I'm not live streaming to our audience, but our email address for our show is smalltalkpodcast50 at gmail.com. If you'd like to contact us there or through Marlene's social media at LinkedIn or myself, but uh, Hey Marlene, I want to say thank you for coming on. It's been about three years now, two, three and a half, two and a half, three years. And I want to say thank you for wanting to uh, do this uh, once a month. Uh, entertainment news show here as well and uh, like I said I really appreciate it and time goes quick when you're having a good conversation with somebody oh it flies it certainly flies by all right uh, by the way what's the temperature in Burbank California right now right now here it's minus 20 with a wind chill tonight okay well we are at a frigid 56 degrees we can hardly stand it I mean it's like wool <laughs> blankets common. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 um, you know, snow shovels. It's, it's like DEFCON five. <laughs> That's hey, being <laughs> from Canada, 56 degrees is short weather, barbecue weather. <laughs> oh, he, people are, you would, you would be surprised at the big babies. That, well, maybe you wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it is Hollywood after all, but people start complaining when it gets below like 60 degrees. That's really? considered very, that, that's, uh, not not ideal. People who live here signed up for the seventy-two degree sunshine every all day, every day. So when it deviates from that, you hear a lot of complaints. Traffic goes crazy. If we get a few water droplets from the sky, that throws things off 
kilter. So, um, yeah, we're all a big, big bunch of babies here, but I'm from new Orleans and, um, that is a different story altogether. So I feel like at least I'm well prepared for when disaster strikes. And, um, so I'm, I'm handling this 56 degree weather just fine. Yeah. And being from Ontario, I like our four seasons. We have hot summers here. We have fall, spring, winter. I just like having a little bit of mixture in that. And uh, I don't mind the minus 20. If you dress properly and you're used to it, it's a, it's not a big deal. But if you're in a warm climate and you've never been in cold weather, then it can be a shock to your system. But hey, Marlene, I'm going to let you go. But hey, thank you for coming on as the guest for the first episode of season two, the small talk podcast. And uh, I'm looking forward to doing episode two with you in February as well. Likewise. Yes, me too. More, okay. more fun to come. And just give me a little bit of time tonight and I will send you the audio and the video copy of this as well. And I will do a video clip of this as well. I've learned how to Yay. edit my own videos now into shorts on YouTube and reels and clips. You are amazing. You're a one-man production company, production studio, right right here, this, this man right here. <laughs> that should be my new name, the one-man production company. <laughs> yes, it's, it's 100% true. You do it all. I still have a lot to learn, but uh, you got to do a little bit at a time, one day at a time. Yes. So, all right. Well, Marlene, enjoy the 56-degree temperatures <laughs> and uh, the rest of the evening, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. And uh, just thank you for coming on tonight, Marlene. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys, that was my new co-host, Marlene Sharp. She's a producer, writer, director, creative, executive, consultant, and micro-influencer. I forgot to ask her about the micro-influencer as well. Our guest tonight, unfortunately, Peyton McDavid. Uh, David? Yeah, David. I think it's McDavid. Um, unfortunately, she was not able to come on tonight. Uh, so hopefully we'll get back Peyton back on in February. Uh, the Small Talk Podcast show will be once a month. Uh, like season one, and uh, me and uh, Marlene are going to probably split getting guests on as well. But again, I want to say thank you to Marlene Sharp for coming on tonight. And I want to say thank you to everybody watching this live streamed on Facebook, the Small Talk Facebook page, LinkedIn, my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to Chris Pome live with CDP on YouTube. Uh, on Twitch, I'm at Chris or C Pome 19 on Twitch. Uh, Twitter, uh, at Christy Pome and also on Instagram as well. And I have some comments here. And the first one is from Shane Train, who follows me on Twitter X. The Bills make me want to shout, so that means Buffalo must be winning. And he's singing, hey, hey, hey. Obviously, they're winning. And let's go, Buffalo. The last time I checked the football game before I came on with Marlene tonight, Buffalo was leading 24 to 10 late in the third quarter in the wildcard game at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. And tonight, Monday Night Football, 8-15, the Philadelphia Eagles take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in a wildcard game. And uh, the Eagles are coming in as a number five seed as they've lost five out of the last six games. A.J. Brown is out tonight. Uh, Devontae Smith is back in, who's been banged up. And Jalen Hurts, who's banged up, is playing tonight as well. Uh, I'm hoping the Eagles can pull it out, but the way they've played lately, I'm going to have to go with Tampa Bay. Being at home, 
Tampa Bay has been playing better football than the Eagles lately. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay 23, Philadelphia 20. I really hope I'm wrong about this because the Eagles came off to a, such a great start uh, this year, 10-1 and one, after going 14-3 and three last year and being so close to winning the Super Bowl championship in Super Bowl 57 against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs as well. So we'll see what happens there. But um, the other games this weekend, uh, Houston destroyed Cleveland. And uh, what was the other game Saturday night? I know Houston and Cleveland and then Kansas City uh, took care of Miami. And then Sunday, thank you, Green Bay Packers. Thank you, Jordan Love, uh, beating the Cowboys 48-32. to And I really enjoy when Dallas loses. And then, yeah, the other game last night, Detroit Lions 24, Rams 23. The Detroit Lions' first playoff win in 32 years and only their second in 57 years. And by the way, I did an interview last week with Dan Miller, the radio play-by-play voice of the Detroit Lions and sports director for Fox 2 in Detroit. So please check out my interview with Dan Miller from last week on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, Spotify, and all that as well. So the next Small Talk podcast, uh, season two, episode Season two, episode two, will be in February, uh, a date and time to be announced with my co-hosts Marlene Sharp and Chris Pame. This show will be live streamed uh, again on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram, and also available on all audio platforms and once a month on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM. My next live with CDP Sports Talk is going to be tomorrow. Tuesday, January 16th at 8 p.m. with my guest, Courtney Menenhall. This will be her second time. She is a focus point mental specialist, a coach, a trainer, and she's also going to be a co-host of her new podcast show as well. And Courtney is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So we're going to talk to Courtney about her latest going-ons and about her work in media and journalism and maybe a little bit about the Steelers game against the Bills. But that's this wraps up uh, Season 2, Episode 1 tonight here on this Monday, January 15th, 2023. I want to say thank you to everybody watching this live streamed and uh, on live streamed and also on audio. And I hope everybody has a great night. And enjoy the rest of the uh, evening and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles-Buccaneers game. And I really do hope I'm wrong about the Eagles uh, losing to the Bucs, but we'll see what happens there again. But uh, again, that's about it. I hope everybody has a great night and can tune into Live with CDP Sports Talk tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern with Courtney Menenhall. And I also have another show coming up on Wednesday. More details to follow. Uh, Again, thank you to Marlene Sharp. Uh, from being on here tonight as a co-host and as the guest. And we will see you guys uh, next month for another edition of the Small Talk Podcast with Marlene Sharp and Chris Pome. And just bear with me one second, guys. And that's about it. And also, you guys can listen to Live with CDP Sports Talk weeknights from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern on radio station WQEE 99.1 FM in Noonan, Georgia. So tune in. Have a great night, everybody. And we'll see you in February for season two, episode two of the Small Talk Podcast with Marlene and Chris. Good night, everybody.